0: good afternoon so let me ask you just a couple of questions so I know where your mind is at how many of you are already starting a business now are in the in the process how many have already legally established the company Okay, good. How many have a business idea that they want to start, but they haven't uh, gotten it up yet? Okay, good. So this just gives me a little bit of an idea. I, you know... This is the workshop, obviously, that talks about how to start, uh, how to start a business, how to start a business, uh, the Adventist way. Um, it's it's uh, somewhat practical. I'm just going to give about uh, a 20 minute or so uh, an introduction, a little bit about my personal story, and then the 10 questions that uh, that I got together that would be very important that I wish somebody had told me to ask before I started uh, my business or these these uh, different uh, companies that uh, that uh, I've been involved in so so um, these are probably I'm sure there's many other questions to ask but um, but it's it just gives you a good start so let's go into this I'm Jesse as you know I grew up in Switzerland um, I. Both of my parents are not so much into entrepreneurship, so I had actually no clue about this. I was into music. Actually, I was a drummer. Not too much involved in uh, anything. I didn't. I didn't know what the Adventist Church believed. I went to church every Sabbath, though. But uh, mostly uh, excited about doing the concerts in in the evenings uh, with the jazz bands and the hip hop bands. Even. My brother, who's here now, also uh, we 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 you know we did a lot of a lot of these kind of things. So coming from that, um, I got really thrown by accident. Really, by accident, I got thrown into the deep end into the Philippines. And somebody said, "Hey, uh, let's go to the Philippines and do an evangelistic campaign." And uh, and I only heard the first part of that uh, uh, sentence, and so I ended up in the Philippines, and then uh, when I got there, I came over and I saw this three meter, like three yard, uh, banner with my picture on it, and it said "Prophecy Seminar" by Evangelist Jesse Wicker. <laughs> now I'm a drummer, okay? I'm not, This this is I've never preached in my life. I never I didn't know what prophecies were, you know. And so and so suddenly I'm I'm stuck. You know, I go to the pastor, I was like, hey, what are we doing here in the Philippines? I thought this was like a you know, like adventure, you know. Uh, yeah, well, we're doing this is an adventure. We're gonna do an evangelistic event. Here's some sermons, you know, these share him pre pre-written sermons. Just read these before you go there and preach, alright? So I'm like <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm used to being on stage. Let's go. <laughs> Just I'm used to being behind the drum set, you know. <laughs> anyway, so so I got there and this is actually where I was introduced to the gospel, okay? It was so exciting. I started preaching these 27 it was back then, 27 fundamental beliefs um every evening about the seven seals and about the 2300 day prophecy and all this stuff and i had i couldn't count it you know i mean it was really uh uh a, a, an interesting experience but i got so excited about it that i started making baptismal appeals and people were coming forward to get baptized and i was not even baptized okay and i wanted to i wanted to actually jump in and get baptized with them but the pastor there didn't allow me to get baptized with the people he said it would look a little weird. So, so I got baptized uh, six months later in Switzerland. You know, in, in Switzerland, you have to plan everything at least six months ahead of time for you to get baptized or anything like that. So anyway, so from there, uh, the Lord jumped me from from that kind of an experience i had offered been offered a scholarship to go and study drumming in berkeley college of jazz in boston but then but then because of this experience the last thing i wanted to do now was drumming okay i wanted to be working for god for the rest of my life full time in something and and so i ended up at a mission school by the way if you haven't gone to a mission school go to a mission school it'll change your life and i and i went to this mission school and they taught me that there is a thing called self-supporting ministry work. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And so they started sharing how all talents can be used in God's work. And so anyway, so, but I had still some weird ideas, but anyway, the, the, I, I, um, I teamed up with a friend from Honduras and he said, Hey, let's go to Honduras. Let's go to my place. You know, he, he was saying here on the right, Jose. I got this property donated, come and help me. So I ended up being, I ended up at 19 years old, you know, I dropped out of college. And ended up in Honduras in the jungle, starting this ministry, starting a, a church, you know, doing Bible work in Spanish, and I didn't even know a word of Spanish. And um, and then and then going into we started a little a little mission school there, and then an elementary school, which today has a hundred and thirty kids uh, in the program. And and then we got into entrepreneurial stuff. We started getting into a lifestyle center and then into a processing plant for fruits and selling to juice companies and, and then starting to do evangelism with those customers. So I realized from uh, from, from this whole past, in the beginning of the project, uh, my mindset was, I am a, now a poor missionary and ASI people need to donate a bunch of money to us so that we can do the work, right? Right. And within about a year, it transformed my mind by reading Ellen White, praise the Lord, uh, to realize that actually entrepreneurship, or in, uh, actually mission, is entrepreneurship. Mission is doing entrepreneurial stuff. And I, and I realized that this is actually what I loved about uh, mission work, is working for God full time, and at the same time, being able to live off of it and at the same time being able to reach a lot more people because the things are entrepreneur based they're actually uh, the, the 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 service that we produce is actually a generating program so that you don't have to depend on donations and you can actually scale. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, what, what I realized in my mindset was the barrier that I had was that I thought that money was evil. Money was a selfish thing that uh, I needed to try to get away from as much as possible and trying to accumulate uh, wealth and so forth. is a real selfish, worldly endeavor. But what I realized is that this is actually not biblical. But rather, it comes from the medieval time period where they... taught that spirituality means poverty. So the more spiritual you are, the poorer you are. The more money you then give to the church. I mean, this was a business model. If we're talking about a business model. Um, And so finally, the, the, the most spiritual people, who were they? Monks. Right? Monks. And the monks had a vow of? Of poverty, exactly, and so 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 this was the concept that uh, the the medieval church put together, and I just uh, this this historian Max Weber. He actually wrote a book on this—the impact that this mindset had, and that the, the Protestant Reformation changed that mindset into. This is not true. That money is actually a God-given gift that we are to use for the advancement of the work. And so he shows this even on a map that you can see where there's predominantly Catholic uh, countries are ha- also have an economic impact or they're poorer in general than Protestant countries. And we can tell this the strongest, obviously, in South America versus North America. It's very, very clear. You know, North America is a very Protestant country, and you can tell the difference. Also, same with North uh, Europe, which is predominantly uh, uh, Protestant, and Southern Europe there with the the, uh, yellow and the... Uh, The green. So it's it's really strong how the mindset really determines uh, where you end up in life. Um, And then I came to this shocking quote. And this is actually what convinced me that this is really uh, biblical. I I, I wouldn't believe that this is what Ellen White would write, but this is what she wrote. It shocked me. The desire to accumulate wealth is an original affection of our nature implanted there by the devil himself. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's honestly what I thought. But it's not. It's implanted. The desire to accumulate wealth is implanted there by God himself, by our heavenly father. And listen to this. This is, the, this is really the most important point. What's the last part? For noble ends. It's not for us. It's not for us to spend on ourselves. But it's to advance the work of God. Amen. Man, if we could just get this right. If we had gotten this right 100 years ago. Man, the work would have taken off like crazy. So hopefully we can get this right now. Okay. Now it's not going forward. Oops. Okay, I'm all the way at the beginning. So mission is entrepreneurship. If you have started a project, if you've done any mission, you know that reaching people is exactly entrepreneurship. This is what we all want to do in entrepreneurship is trying to find product market fit, right? How do we bring our product to the to the the, the the people, our pioneers. If you look at all the biographies of all of our pioneers, how we advanced the work in the past, the last 150 years, it's all because of their entrepreneurial, inventive uh, experiences. Kellogg d- designing and inventing hundreds of products. Most of the the machines that we have in our in our uh, gyms and so forth this is all invented by Kellogg. You know, based on Ellen White's writings and and. And, uh, and, and all of these guys, wherever they went, they always started a project. They always started a printing press. They always started a sanitarium. They always started a, some kind of a business to advance the work of God. So I believe that this is really what we're called to do. When I was uh, I I I was a missionary for about 10 years, and uh, and and then I continued to being a missionary, but an entrepreneurial missionary. So we started this uh, company here called Crosslingo for translating, professional translation for um, Christian and also other um, organizations. Translating, we started with $11 for our website. And within a day we, we got we got two two jobs that were over ten thousand dollars, and so we essentially didn 't have to have any money to start the business so there 's many, many opportunities like what Daniel was sharing this morning where 's Daniel anyway what he was sharing this there he is. what he was sharing this morning is there 's many opportunities for for doing ministry and doing uh, business. Uh, without large capital and so forth. So, uh, based off of the translations, which was a major burden for me, was, hey, most languages do not have access to Ellen White. And I shared this last night. I'm sure you heard about Ellen for all. Were you there? Who was there? Okay, so, so you know about it. Uh, it's a spin-off. It's like a tech... It's a tech... Um, startup where we crowd translate, we create this software for crowd translation and so we're working with the white estate uh, to, 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 uh, to allow anyone to go and translate Ellen White's writings into their language and so To me, this is like just one of these examples of how we do startups, how we do entrepreneurship, but really for the benefit and the advancement of the work of God. So from here, we started a a project called Hive Camp. Who knows of the beehive vision of Ellen White? Okay, man, you got to read it. Put in your app, Beehive, and then read these quotes, okay? This is really important. We started this conference based on this Beehive vision where she saw how to reach the cities with different entrepreneurial endeavors, working all together to create this Beehive of activity, all these bees, all these little startups and all these ministries working together to reach a city. And, this, and at this conference that we've been doing for three years now in Berlin and Europe, uh, we bring it 's kind of like a mini avenist shark tank you know shark tank we bring s- these startups together with some investors and for four days we help these startups try to uh, improve their businesses their business ideas to be able to launch them uh, in the in the future so so um, so that's, that's basically my story. Hey, if anybody wants to come and pitch your idea, come to Berlin in one month or so. Two months, two months. So a little short notice there. But the conclusion to me is what Jared already mentioned. Religion and business are not two separate things. They are truly one. So now, from here, let's go fast. Ten questions before starting a business. First thing is finding your purpose. This is really important. Don't just start anything, but do something that really fits your purpose. The mission focus is the basis. Everything you do should be with the mission focus in your mind. You have the three things in the middle that really determine where your purpose, where you need to search for your purpose or where you need to search for your business idea. And that is your passion, what is what, what you love doing, your talents, what you're good at doing. And then of course, what is it that actually generates income so that you can live off of it and maybe even live well so you can uh, help others uh, do that. Then you need to find a problem in the market. This is what we usually never do when we start a ministry especially we just think of an idea and we're just going to do it regardless of what the market research uh, would say because we don't even do market research usually so really based on design thinking on finding out what are actually the needs of the customer looking at the customer journey and how they would interact with our product really helps to find out you know what find out to, to, to learn to make things that people want not to make people want things make make them want our things so we have templates uh, we actually, I brought all these methodologies that we use at the Hive Camp uh, event and we can distribute those over the tables uh that we use to learn you know the persona and learn uh really the customer profile and what their needs are and how do we how do we really understand them better so that we can develop the product based on that if we just do a little bit of market research just a couple of days even of of just desktop research on your market man there's thousands of different important informations that you can find about what you're wanting to do if we just spend just a few days you know ideally you know a little bit longer but just a few days we'll already answer so so many questions i have here an example of airbnb of what they were doing with market validation i can make this presentation available so we can go uh quick Afterwards, So to, to validate your market, to understand what people are already doing, to size your market, understand how much money is being spent on this market, on what you're wanting to present, what you're wanting to sell, uh, and to really understand what your market share here at the end is uh, of what you can do, uh, what's, what's the dent that you're going to make in this market. Uh, the other thing that you really need to figure out is how do you position yourself uh, with the Competition. So you put all the con- the competitors on there. We should know the market by heart of what other people are offering and know where to position them on usually on this on on these uh, quality and price uh, diagram. Sometimes also other things uh, that are very useful. Understanding what your business model is is very important to understand product market fit and then understand what it takes to actually run that machine of a business if we just go through this you know this doesn't take very long but if you do it you'll just be you you'll you'll avoid making a lot of mistakes that unfortunately i made and many other people as have made before these methodologies existed or at least that we knew about them so this is how airbnb does it we know how they do it so Differentiation. This is really important. What is your unique selling proposition? What makes customers want to come to you instead of to the competition? This question is a very difficult question, but this you need to answer. We need to answer. This is regardless of whether you're making whether you're making CDs as a musician, you know, or whether you're making whatever it is, or a restaurant or whatever. Uh, we need to be able to answer these kind of uh, competitive advantage, unique selling propositions questions and then maybe the most difficult part is finding the right team who will be on your team who are the founders who are the people that can really help you make this thing take off I have made the mistake of getting almost like in bed with the wrong I mean with people that i don 't really know very well, it seems like they have good qualifications, but i don 't know them so well. I just kind of trust them because you know you trust people if because you either don 't know them or you know them really well you know uh, and so so the the first section you know the people that you don 't know very well uh, you trust them, but uh, that often ends up in a real big problem so i 've had a number of <laughs> Uh, things I could tell you about. Uh, the here's the MVP. You guys know what MVP means? Yes, minimum viable product. This is one of the most important uh, principles for starting something. Don't start like what it is up there. You know, a wheel and then two wheels and then trying to build this. Ho- Uh, car, but if you're wanting to get to a car, you start with a little skateboard. And so the MVP is like figuring out how to reduce what you want to do. You know, if you want to start a lifestyle center or a health center or something like that, well, don't buy a facility at the beginning. You know? No. You could just put up a website do a program, rent it in a place in a hotel, uh, and just for that one week, and see how it goes. You know, and so you actually learn. You don't have to spend a lot of money, buy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, property and real estate that then is tied to your leg, and you can't move because you're trying to remodel a house. You know what I mean? So uh, this this is this is really really important. Don't don't lo- don't uh, jump off of your job. If you have, if you're employed right now, uh, don't don't jump off too early. Okay, I've seen this too often, and then they're stuck because they haven't found product market fit yet, and then they're 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 stuck because they don't have any money, but they can't go back, and so and so then they end up in yeah really terrible situations. So so wait until you get a little bit of traction for your for your product so that you can actually jump off into a little boat even if it's just a small little boat but it's a, it's a boat it's not a it's not just a plank in the water because it's going to drown it's going to drown you And then the here the last point or the one of the last points here is spiritual impact the spiritual journey. This there's a there's this is a new methodology that we're using to teach people how to understand the spiritual uh, ideology of the potential customers and our company beliefs and how do we systematically bring them from their side with the common beliefs at the bottom and then the. Four main ways on how we can awaken interest, spiritual interest, from the customer uh, into what we believe personally. So, so there's there's actually now a methodology for this. I we didn't know. How to do this in a systematic way, but uh, I'm really glad that we have something. I've I've printed it out. We have these these templates there. The last thing I want to share is this Big Five study, and then we're going to get into our into our into our groups, into our mentorship groups, uh, by Bill Gross. See, I don't know if you know, uh, you've seen, you might have seen the TED Talk on this. Uh, Bill studied hundreds. Uh, uh, of companies looking at what made them successful and what made them fail. Why, why do companies fail? And it was very interesting what he found. They looked at the five different elements, ideas, teams, business model, funding, and timing. Uh, what do you think? Which one is the most important? Team? The idea? The business model. Well, let's see so they looked at all these startups and they rated each one of them on on these different elements how how, what their team was like how their execution was all these kind of things Uh, they looked at them they saw it and here's the result 42% of the success of an idea is actually timing, timing of the market, market readiness for a product like this. Why do we know YouTube today and not Z.com, even though Z.com was first? Who knows (laughs) Z.com? Well, they were the YouTube, but they 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 launched before the before the real internet uh, f- streaming took off. You know, so then YouTube won. Does that make sense? Just because, or primarily because of timing then team of course the idea is actually not as important as we usually think it is Uh, the execution of it really uh changes the the potential for an idea because it can pivot Uh, the business model funding is actually the least important so so um so don't think too much about the money, although, you do. of course, you need to think about it. So uh, the last thing, the quote that I want to end with is, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, okay? So entrepreneurship is about receiving 100 punches a day, just like in cold portering. This is why we love cold porter work, okay? It prepares you for entrepreneurship okay because you get punched all the time and your ability to receive those punches and roll with the punches is what will make us eventually successful okay so let's divide up into groups we've got here I have obviously a bunch of uh, books that i recommend i read books here on blinkist if you don't know blinkist it's to me my favorite app for reading and learning anything i didn't study business actually i have no clue i had no clue about business uh until i started obviously reading books and taking i tell you, i started taking classes on coursera and so forth i can go back a slide um, and I and I and I started reading these summaries on Blinkist, book summaries, fifteen-minute summaries. And I've just suddenly I can read one book a day, on average. And it's just it's, this is helpful, okay, to really not make too many mistakes and learn all the methodologies and and Coursera and so forth. You know, you get you get the best courses from from Stanford and from Yale and so forth for free on these topics, okay? So it's really, really helpful. Uh, it's been really helpful for me uh, to to just learn all these things this way and practice, of course. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org.